Welcome to episode 72 of Coffee Pods and Wads, sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness-focused drink to support performance, and also kindly sponsored by Ollie Clothing, a brand dedicated to helping you in your pursuit of success. They make products that support all active endeavours and create content that adds clarity and convenience to the self-development process. Speaking of self-development, Burbox Coaching and the Gymnastics course are also on board, and they're offering listeners 20% off all of their courses, um, burboxcoachingdevelopment.com will help you develop as a coach in a personal sense through self-discovery while learning academically about the psychological side of coaching you can use the code pods for 20 percent off i did a really loud swallow in the middle of that but i'm not re-recording it uh, the gymnastics course is a crossfit preferred course also offering 20 percent off for our listeners if you drop them an email with pods as a subject line they'll sort you out for any of their courses worldwide um, if you'd like to support the show and see extra video bits and stuff like that, um, you can get discounts on merchandise and other bits. You can head to patreon.com forward slash coffeepodsandwads or go through the link in my bio on Instagram or go to coffeepodsandwads.com. Just bombarding you with options there. Um, basically, for the price of a coffee or a bit more if you want, you can support the show and help cover some of the costs of running it as well, which is really helpful. Um, John Singleton from the program has developed a train at home program um for four weeks uh six sessions a week bare minimum equipment think you need a skipping rope and an object like a kettlebell or a bag of flour or whatever i don't know that might be messy actually um so you can go through the link in my bio um or if you just google the program p-r-o-g or m um you can find it there i think it's 15 dollars, so it works out at like i don't know it's cheap per session when you work it out. Uh, today's guest is Shane Orr. Um, he's a coach and husband to Tia Toomey, uh, coach and basically brother to Matt Fraser. Um, he's basically a goat herder. Um, oh, there now. That's episode name just shows itself there. That was handy. Uh, we have a mini window to chat. Um, there's a bit of noise in the background. He was in the hotel lobby uh, checking out the morning after the games was over. Um, we chat about coffee, being interviewed, crying on camera, uh, coaching and his insecurities about it, as well as his thoughts on the weekend and how everything went. Um, I could have asked him a thousand more questions, to be honest. Um, enjoy, listen, share and tag. Thanks for, for doing this. Uh, this is uh, a huge honor. I'm, I'm delighted with this. It's great. Um, uh, first of all, congratulations on the weekend, because I think, I mean, it, it kind of it's easy to forget, I think, the year that's it was only he listened to people talking about it yesterday, like the athletes themselves over the course of the weekend said that the thing that kind of kept consistently coming back to was how fucked up the whole year was as in just training wise, that there was so many peaks and re-peaks and then waiting again and unknowns and stuff. So I think even like for you as, I suppose you get the, the duality of joy of you're the husband and like primary supporter. And then you're also, you've got the, the kind of vindication as a coach as well that like yeah we're doing the right stuff this is working out like so it must have just been an incredible weekend for you yeah it, it certainly was an incredible weekend you know like obviously tier and matt executed the weekend phenomenally um i think there's no concern of me saying they'll shot head and shoulder above the rest of the field yeah it, it but you're right like the season was a long time and um it's obviously over 12 months. The Open was, what, last year, October, mm. and the guys are now competing now. I'm just thrilled that they got to showcase their fitness. Like, I think that was the big thing. It's like when they're moving the goalposts throughout the season, there was a lot of doubt with many of the athletes in the conversations thinking, will this even go ahead? Are they just mm. leading us on? 
I wish they had just told us or I wish they had just cancelled it so we can look forward to 2021. So, you know, exactly like you said, like we're trying to peak for a particular event and I'm trying to dangle this carrot saying, hey, we're nearly there. We've got to, you know, we've got to, we're going to be in the trenches for the next two weeks. You've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, so to speak. And then for it to finally happen was a relief. Like when we checked in and did our, did the briefs and gone through a lot of the conversations, what they normally do with the, the opening day to CrossFit Games, that was more of a, a satisfaction feeling, you know, like, yeah. yes, we get, we get to show our fitness. Yeah. And is there like, I suppose, like you say, the two of them are so far ahead of like, I mean, Matt could have essentially not competed uh, he, he could have just done one event and then not competed for the rest of Sunday. Um, and Tio is in a similar enough position as well. Like, is there, like, is it just their own innate sense of wanting to be the best that keeps them performing at that 100% level and, like, doesn't let it dip? Yeah. So, like, with all these competitors, like, I have a lot of credit for all the games athletes. I know the hours they put in into their craft. And what separates them from a lot of the other athletes in the open is their drive and competitiveness. Every competition they enter, they have a desire to win, the desire to, to create a strong legacy. So it doesn't matter if it's the open, it doesn't matter if it's a backyard competition, it doesn't matter if it's a Friday night lights competition that you're yeah. in. These guys want to turn up and they want to win and they want to put their best foot forward. So it's... So it doesn't really change in the scenario or circumstances. I guess uh, their the level of fitness is heightened, obviously, around the CrossFit yeah. Games. That's what we train for. So, yeah, these guys, they just want to showcase the best of their ability. Yeah. Um, are you in a cafe there? I'm in the lobby right now while Tia's packing up our room. We've okay. got to check out in about, uh, what do we got? In about 90 minutes. So I'm just... <laughs> I promised you that I'd do it, so I just wanted <laughs> to deliver. I kept leading you on. It almost like the CrossFit season. I said, yep, yeah, yeah, this. And then I keep changing on you, so I appreciate oh, you being patient. Man. No, geez, I'm, I'm nothing if not patient. I, I say that to any of the guests that have been hard, like that have found it hard to find the time. I say I'm incredibly flexible when it comes to recording, just not when it comes to like bending over or, you know, stretching my uh, actual body. Yeah. I'm not flexible at all. Yeah. Um, would you, I see a lot on Instagram of you and Tia uh, going for coffees and like, well, donuts and shit like that. But I'll focus on the coffee just because I'll get diabetes just by talking about the donuts. Um, would you consider yourself a coffee snob? Uh, look, being Australian, I think that comes with the game. I think just yeah. over our expectations for coffee. I will say though, we've been in this quarantine, this bubble for the CrossFit Games and we've just had the uh standard pot coffee in the pot mm. for the last two weeks so my taste buds have certainly uh diminished or my expectations have so. yeah 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 but it's been good yeah you, you like you come from australia like you say and then you've been all over the world like so you're in south america and hawaii and just everywhere really like through the through the sport i suppose <clears throat> i'm assuming you've had some incredible coffees in some incredible places with some incredible people along the way then. 100%, yeah. We certainly love our coffee. It's, a, it's something, a ritual which we like to look forward to. Mm. Um, you're right. I think we've had some of our best coffee in, in South Africa. 
I will say that in, in the US, the coffee game is growing and it's mm. very strong. Like I know when we go to a new city, we'll, uh, in fact, sometimes when we go, well, I'm booking the hotel myself. I will look for the coffee shops around and then book the hotel in the middle of it so I get to adventure out. Yeah. I feel like that's that's me looking and seeing what the locals are doing and then experiencing some of the local coffee as well. Yeah, I always do that as well. I always search the location on Instagram and then scroll through until I see because if you search coffee, you get some weird, like, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, that looks really good. But then you look in the background, you're like, no, that croissant doesn't look like it's made by some guy yeah. in the best. It's not good enough. Like <laughs> Or you see the latte art and it just looks like it's just froth, you know? It's yeah, just, yeah. Just being yeah. shaken in a cup and then handed to you. So yeah, you're I do look the at the pictures man. and reviews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, with podcasts then, you, do, like, you don't seem to do a lot. Like you, you appear in a lot of like the documentaries, like whether it's the Noble stuff or the Buttery Bros stuff. And I know you've, you've uh, recorded with uh, Team Richie as well, but like you, you don't seem to dip your toe too much in podcasts. Why is that? You know, very observant. That is so accurate. Um, I remember when you messaged me, I was like, this isn't my thing. I don't do this. So then, um, I don't know, you had me. You had me in a vulnerable moment. I was like, you know what? I will do it. Um, I think for me, it's like I'm learning a lot on my journey. Mm. And um, I don't want to, I just don't want to misinform people. I don't know it all and I don't want them to think that I know it all. I'll be the first to say that I'm learning as we go. I feel the trajectory that Tia and Matt or, or Tia has has increased her abilities. I feel like I have as well. I think it's certainly been a, a long learning curve for me. So what I don't want to do is just tell people one thing today and then tomorrow I've, I've found a better, unique or a better way of doing things and then, then I'm starting to say that in the next podcast. Um, yeah, I just... And plus... I like some form of secrecy as well. I think that what we try to do is we've worked so hard to create something within our group and that um, they trust me with that information and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. I'm good for it. <laughs> um, you're always really open and like, you know, you, you mentioned a, a vulnerable moment there. You, you've been prone to a lot of vulnerable moments in, oh. in front of the camera. Um, is that like, do you enjoy sharing that part of yourself or is it kind of like after it's recorded, are you like, oh, fuck, they're going to put that in the documentary now? Yeah. No, that's another good question. Uh, at the start, I was, I didn't know what I wanted to share or who I wanted to be on the camera. When I say who I wanted to be, it's just like, you want to get it right. You know, like you, you just want to, because you know the impact it does on the other end. You know, yeah. like when, when the kids are watching it or another coach is watching it, they're critical. They're critical. They're open-minded and listening and, to everything you do, watching your movements, your manner, your mannerism, and and seeing what the athletes are doing as well, you know, like so that that expectation of pressure of trying to be something on camera as well is is something you're thinking about. So when it comes to the emotional side, it's like at the start I wanted to fight. It's like this, I didn't want to showcase that. I don't know. I don't know who I was trying to be. Type of type of thing to to some degree, but. At the end of it, I was like, screw it. This is, this is who I am. I'm not going to try to create an image that I'm not. And just people don't like it. That's yeah. fine with them. My bubble like it. Well, I hope they like it. And uh, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Do you get much uh, engagement on social media then? Much like many messages, many like comments, stuff like that? In regards to what? 
just in general just in like general just, yeah i'm curious about yeah. like say you mentioned there about like if people don't like it like fuck them basically but i mean i assume yeah the world that we live in now it's like it's so it's so easy and so quick to send a message and that kind of almost encourages people that have something negative say to just blurt it out without even you know there's no safeguard anymore yeah yeah that's true like i mean you get all those messages you get i'm fortunate i get like I'd say 99% of them are very positive and yeah. constructive. Um, uh, I mean, like, yeah, I guess we shut it out. I think that comes with the territory, you know, if you, you know, they say, if you're really successful, expect, expect, I mean, you're not successful until you start getting hate mail, you know, or yeah. criticism. So yeah. I guess it's, it comes with the territory. I think it's, um, some of it's constructive. Like I look at it and you try to be understanding of their point of view and see where they're coming from and, some of it you just got to ignore. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel for the bigger guys, like, you know, like the tears and matter, your celebrities beyond them, your, your world-class athletes, you know, on the TV every second night or even your celebrities and politicians. Man, I'm just the coach just trying to do good things for my people and couldn't imagine what they go through. Yeah, it's like I always kind of think, like, I wonder those people that send those messages have only had the opportunity to do that for the last, like, you know, maybe 10 years, like maybe like yeah. what the fuck did they do before? Like those people with yeah. that personality trait, like not those people yeah. specifically, but say like the earlier generation of them, like, did they just go out in the street and shout or like, what, like, what did they do to, to get that out? Oh. Like, you know, it must've just I been know. so toxic. Like, I know, I know sometimes it's like the, the comments that they give, it's like, what do you want me to do with this? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to change my ways just because you're not happy with what i have posted you know what i mean yeah so i agree yeah it's funny yeah um so like literally yesterday we watched you hug tia as she came across finish line the aromas but like going way back then is 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 one of you uh credited with dragging the other to crossfit for the first time yeah so i found crossfit through rugby and i'm sure you're familiar with rugby so in the off-season program we'd we implemented rugby. I mean, sorry, we implemented we implemented CrossFit mm. into our season programming, especially when it was raining on the paddock, so we couldn't get on the fields. So we would just go into the gym, and they said, "Hey, today's sessions CrossFit." Blah blah blah. So I went, "Okay, I'll try this CrossFit thing," and uh, did it. And I uh, and I thought it was great. And I thought, you know what, Tia would like this. So then I went home, told Tia about it. Hey, Tia, I just did this CrossFit thing. Um, there's a gym down the road. I think you would like it. I think it'd be great because she was training for track and field at the time, yeah. um, 400 meter hurdles. So I said, it'd be great because it's, it's raining and the forecast for the next week's going to be raining. Just go into the gym and try this CrossFit thing. I did some plyometrics. I did some bounding over, I mean, boxes. So this could be cool. Anyway, she went in there and absolutely hated it. She didn't want a bar of it. She came home and said, that was silly. I don't want to do that. And then, um, sure enough, the coach saw some form of potential in her early on this, and then tried to uh, convince her to come back. And then she was like, "Nah, look, I've just got, I've got track and field coming up. This is my thing. This is my thing." Anyway, they said, "Look, I'll give you a free month membership if you can just come in and just train." And she was like, "A free month of membership? That's one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, I'll come and train." So she did that. And uh, I think she got the bug after about the month. Yeah. Yeah. Month, yeah. Month. 
At what point then did you become like her coach? Like when, like, was there a specific moment in time? Was there a conversation or was it just kind of a natural drift into that, that relationship? Yeah. So, um, throughout Tia's career, early on career, if I could say that, uh, when she was doing track and field and, um, dabbling in other sports, you know, throughout the way, I've always been very fond or passionate in, in being, being a resource or helping her or anything she do. Cause I, I, I genuinely like the athletic side of, of all sports. I think it's mm. phenomenal to watch and I like the process. The process for me is what I love. Um, I'll talk more about that, but so I've always been a part of Tia's track and it all started with me with a stopwatch. Like that yeah. was how we could hang out with her parents. Like to allow her to Tia and I to have a hangout time, I would go to the track and I would just press stop and start on her, on her intervals for her run. So, so to fast forward that when we found CrossFit, it just organically started evolving. Like she'd like doing the local competitions and then the, the coach at the time started helping her do that stuff. But then when the competition started getting larger, she goes, Shane, I need a, I need to prioritize or I need to learn how to do this rope club. Um, we don't have a rope at a gym, but I need to know how to do it because they're more than likely peer. So did the old YouTube and Google and searched rope climb. And then uh, sure enough, we found some CrossFit content and they, I just started learning and, and understanding a lot of that. Started watching a lot of the highlight reels from the past games, competitors, and just started applying some of my um, learnings from when I was starting to be like a personal trainer in the, uh, the athletic world. Yeah. And then uh, I guess the role just started evolving from there. And then one day Tia said, look, and this was after the 2014 CrossFit Games with Camille LeBlanc one and Rich Froning one. It was a group of us. At the end of the weekend, we all turned to each other, all the guys I was with, and we just said, holy crap, there is no way. These guys are superhuman. Then I looked over at a T and I, and I was looking for some form of like understanding or on the same wavelength of what yeah. I just said to them. And she goes, Shane, I want to be here next year. And I said, what now? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about it on Monday or whatever it was. And um, sure enough, she was serious and she goes, I, I, I want to do it. Mm. And I said, well, if you want to do it, we've got to put in hours and hours because these guys have been doing it for years. And so anyway, she put the work in and then she was there the next year. Yeah. And then like, say, like I get the impression you're you, obviously you've done your your you did your PT early doors we'll say but then you've yeah. I suppose largely like self-educated and like you know you've watched a lot yeah. and learned enough a lot through I suppose osmosis and through like doing and you know learning on the job are you ever like intimidated or, or maybe not now but like in the in that say 2015 2016 were you ever intimidated when you met people like say chris hinshaw or ben bergeron or you know like and introduce yourself as a coach like was it ever difficult to to let those words out like that you were a coach yeah no 100 that's a great point i think that's that was a concern of mine for a long time as well i think that's the same as any athlete when they go to the games um i had a quick brief chat with Jeff Jeff Adler and I think he oh, he was here at the weekend and I said yeah. well congratulations on the great campaign look forward to seeing you next year and his and his coach she said that he he still thinks he doesn't belong here yeah and then you know we had a great conversation around that and comes back to the same thing and like I told him the same thing like I said look we all feel that and 
But the thing is, if you just rub shoulders with some of the, well, the greatest in the sport at the moment, it's going to elevate your game. You may not feel it right now, but your expectation, your standards will rise. And it's what you do then, knowing what you have to do to get back up here is on you. And that was the same with me. It's like I had, I had the ability to rub shoulders with like Ben Bergeron and some of the, the leading coaches in the game at the time. And it's knowing, watching their professionalism and knowing, knowing the expectation they set for their athletes was contagious. It made me elevate my game and knowing that they want their athletes to do, to do well and I wanted my athletes to do better. I had to then form a system or a plan to make my athletes better. And it just sort of pushed me in the off season to make sure that, you know, we're on that path. Yeah. Yeah. No, it must be like, I think that's like you say, it's a common thing. People I've spoken to who've been at the games more than once. It's always the second time is when they're like, all right, okay. Like, you know, like say Haley Adams this year, I think one yeah. of the lines that Chase Ingram threw out at the weekend was like, she, she turned up last year and she grew up this year like that she you know like she showed that she belongs to be where she is and i think it's anyone that i've spoken to that's been at the games the first time it's like they're almost happy that they just made it and it's like oh i'm yeah. here and i get to participate and they're it, they've kind of got that wide-eyed like whoa look at this thing and you know like it's everything's so bright and exciting and then afterwards there's like a lull of like fuck like i didn't really give my best performance there because i was just kind of happy to belong or whatever so i think your your sentiments are echoed there and Jeff's uh, current insecurities. I'm sure in a couple of years, uh, looking at the way he did hold himself, I'm sure in a couple of years he'll look back and think, "Geez, remember when I thought I didn't belong here?" Like when he's yeah. you know, maybe standing on a podium himself. Um, yeah. We all watched uh, the heartache of, uh, when Tia missed out, and I think those, the, especially the documentary, where I mean, it kind of made it. it, it to me anyway, it made her more special. Like more, it was like, there was more of a sense of belonging to the journey when you got to see, like, I suppose that self-conscious and lacking in confidence and the, you know, like and there's one specific scene where a guy asked her for a picture or an autograph or something. And she kind of takes it or do, does the, the opportunity anyway. And then after it says like, Oh, he's going to delete that. Or he's, she says it to him, I think you're going to want to delete that in a couple of minutes. But like, to go from there to like totally dominant in the sport, like, uh, you know, were, were you, did you feel like you had to be directly involved there in trying to mold, I suppose, uh, Tia then into someone who like knew that like Jeff, like knew that she belonged and knew that she deserved to be there. Like, was that a difficult process to go through? Because I know even like, I sometimes train with my wife and mm. there's a lot of things where it's like, Oh, is there a bit of tone in that? You know, like if I, if I, if she's doing a clean or something and I'll say, Oh, you, you, you're, you shortened your pull there. Like, you know, you need to be more patient. She'd be like, what do you mean? You're like, no, nothing. It doesn't matter. Cause it's like, it's going to turn <laughs> into an argument. I'm not going to get involved yeah, with yeah. it. Like there must've been difficult conversations through say those two, three years there. Yeah. Um, what I will say, firstly, is that you, you need to be confident in order to be at the CrossFit game to some degree. Like, you, you see Haley may not verbally say how confident she is, hmm. but you put her on a line, you, you, you give her a workout, she knows her capacity, she knows her capabilities. That's the same with Jeff. Jeff's a phenomenal athlete. He drew blood on Matt and the total, you know? So what I'm saying is that these guys have a lot of confidence just to get here. 
you need a back you believe. There's many stages to get to to be to be a CrossFit Games athlete. But you're right. There was there was a lot of learnings though with Tier and that, and and um, I'm sure you're more familiar with Australian sort of uh, larrikin sort of demeanor or the way we conduct and talk is more of a downplay of everything. You know yeah. the what I mean, not taking the piss, I think, well, but, I think, uh, I think all, all Australian, well, the majority of Australians that I've spoken to or that I know, if you give them a compliment on anything, they could have just like jumped and touched the fucking moon. And if you say it yeah. to them, they'd be like, oh, well, like it's immediately downplayed. As play soon as anything down. happened. Yeah. 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 So a little bit of that was caught off guard by the, uh, the videographers, but don't, don't get me wrong. Tia, Tia took a lot of, those criticisms on board and and she molded and shaped herself and, and that I felt that there was some form of obligation in myself as well. I changed a lot of things as well for the twenty at the end of twenty sixteen season. I, I changed my the tone, the language that I used, the words, the way I critiqued or criticized exactly like you said, you shorten your pull, I would change it and then focus on something great. And so the extension on your yeah. legs were fantastic. You know, you had strong leg drive. And then she'd wait for the butt. And then I'd say no butt. And I'll just leave it there. Then the next day, if I saw the same short pull, I would then say, I'm still loving that leg drive. Just keep giving me that good extension in those arms. And then it's going to look amazing. Let, let, let yeah. me get a pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I'd just stand back behind the wall so she doesn't throw anything at me. No, but it's, um, I, I learned a lot as well. And I'm not, and I think I'm partly to blame as well. Like I, I feel like I set her up. I set her. I didn't. I didn't guide her well enough, and that's what I was saying about, you know, like I'm learning just as much as she is, and and, mm. and I'm just grateful that I get to do it with my wife, and and she trusts me is a massive thing as well. Yeah, I think like you mentioned earlier on about being in the trenches for a couple of weeks, maybe if there's something yes. coming up, or like again, like there's so there's. I suppose a comfortableness that you get with your spouse when you're married, where you might say something to them that you might not say to someone else. Like I know I've done open workouts in the past and there's one, there was one like a few years ago, I think it was like two years ago and there's burpees over bar. It might've been like 10 rounds or something. And I remember my wife was, had just finished it and I started and there was another guy judging me. And he was every so often, he's like, come on, keep going. And I'd be like, yeah, keep going, man. Like, you know, just do what he yeah. says. Like, he knows what he's talking about. And then my wife came over and was like, come on, you're doing great. Keep going. And I was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like, it's, you know, she was like, come on, keep moving. Yeah. And I'm like, stop, stop telling me to move. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yes. Like, is that when, when you're coaching her, it like, is it a case of when you like, say, walk out of the house and walk into the gym that the dynamic changes? Is there a shift yeah. in dynamic or... Is it like, you know, once it's three, two, one, gold is a shift in dynamic. And then there's, I suppose, maybe as you say, you have to choose your words carefully, like just as a coach anyway, never mind as a husband where, yeah. you know, you need to kind of be more positive or, you know, whatever. But is, is there a moment where the dynamic shifts or do you think it's kind of constantly morphing and evolving, as you say? Yeah, I, I 100%. I feel like if the roles are reversed, <laughs> this would never work. I would not be on this podcast today. I'd still be in the mind's work, and I'll tell you that. <laughs> but um, but no, I must credit Tia. Tia's phenomenal with criticism, constructive criticism, sorry. She 
she has this ability to separate emotions with constructive criticism mm. um, better than better than obviously I could handle she if I Do, give her have that defensiveness kind of she she does and, and sometimes I remind her it doesn't it's not easy like it's never it's never easy to hear someone trying to get perfection out of them or to try to get them to be the best version of themselves and yeah. it has to be their spouse or husband it's never easy it's like for me like I feel sick sometimes when I have to tell her. Like, I just feel bad. Like, that's the husband, like, trying to come out going, oh, man, I don't want to say this. Just tell her she's great. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're doing really good. Yeah. But um, I think, I mean, it's tough. Like, cause you're right. Like, she just has the ability to separate it from that. And and we've learned this. And I think we've been doing this more, this coach-husband, I mean, sorry, this coach-relationship sort of uh, dynamic longer than we've been boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife. So, yeah. so it feels somewhat natural, but it's honestly, it's a lot of credit goes to her. She, she knows what she wants and she can separate those emotions when I'm trying to do it. I will say when we are in the trenches, I will tap her on the shoulder and go, look, these next two weeks are critical. Everything I say is because I want you to be the best version of yourself when you compete. So, Please don't throw anything at me. Don't kick me. Don't break up with me. We're going to get through this. But yeah, she's phenomenal at it. Yeah. Um, I heard on the Noble uh, More Than Influencers campaign, there's a video. Yeah. And uh, you were asked about like, you know, what credit do you take? And you said like, oh, none. Like, mm. surely you deserve or you've earned like a smidge. Like, surely this is just the Australian downplaying the the role they've had yeah uh i well thank you i see there's some form of compliment there i, I appreciate <laughs> that but honestly like because even like i'm noticing now even when i'm talking to you like i'm asking you questions about like how you handle those coachable moments or those learning moments or whatever and invariably you're turning it around to like well it's credit to tia because this or because yeah. that i mean like there's like i feel like if you weren't as open to educating yourself or bettering yourself you wouldn't have gotten to where you are if you weren't as open to you know admitting your vulnerabilities or like seeing your shortcomings and then improving on them you wouldn't be where you are so like i'm sure if t was sat beside you and i said do you owe shane anything for your success i can't imagine her going no yeah no you're true i i believe that too like she would certainly say some nice things i, well, I hope so but look I, I think that I'm not caught up on what I'm doing. Like mm. I feel I'm caught up in what they're doing. I feel like as a coach you, and as a husband, like you, you want your spouse, you want, you want your athlete or you want them to be the best version of themselves. And I think I'm more focused on that than I'm focused on what am I doing presently? You know, like obviously there's some elements that I have to do to make myself better in order for her to be better. But mm. I'm more, I'm more focused or more concerned about what I can do rather than what I've done to mm. myself. And I'm sure it's, it's elevated me to be a better person because I'm surrounded with great people that want the best for themselves and they project that around themselves. It's contagious. And it's, yeah. But I, I know what you're saying and I'm trying to deflect the question as well. So <laughs> I appreciate it. You did it really well, in fairness. <laughs> um, what's it like then as a coach, like say at the games normally, or any competition, like, you know, when you're 
it's obviously incredibly stressful anyway. Like we watch Sammy every year, like and uh, Keith every year, like you know, on the verge of breakdowns from just emotional exhaustion. Like, is it difficult to separate yourself from that side of things in the heat of the moment? Because I know say one of the things that the commentators were talking about over the weekend was especially on um Atalanta workout they were saying like you know this is where the coach needs to step in and say start doing sets of four or this is where the coach needs to step in and say you're catching up start doing sets of five or whatever like is it difficult sometimes not to just get so impassioned by what's going on that you kind of forget you're like oh shit I was supposed to tell her such and such a thing or do you think that the way that you coach or the way that she participates, that that work is almost like done before the it's three, two, one go. Yeah. I think yeah, these are great questions and I, you didn't even have much time to prep for this. It's fantastic. Uh, so there's many layers to that. Like I, it depends on the scenario and the circumstances is when I inject myself and in what I suggest, like we, we will have scenarios played out in the warm up. We, we have a, um, when we have an opportunity to talk about, for, I mean, the, the the event, we structure it, we talk about the capabilities of each other, like Tier and Matt, and see what they can do. Uh, let's look at it. Let's look at the final event at Atlanta. I'm sorry, that's probably a bad one because the the approach to that was a bit different to other ones. We can yeah. talk about that later. But let's look at like the sled sprint workout. You know, the the sprint, sled push, sprint back. We talked about that, and we talked about. I said, and this is what I said, look, we want a solid, hard, 100% effort for 50 to 55 meters of that track. Then I want you to decelerate to 90, 95%. I want you to then push that sled max effort. That's the workout. I want you to hammer that home, finish it strong. And then when you get past that line, I want you to then force perfect positions in running and I want to see a celebration phase. I want to see those fast arms, da 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 and then just hold on, pin the ears back and go. So they, they were kind of the talk I was trying to express to them. And I didn't want them to break it down. So I left it into their abilities to go, okay, I know what 90, 95% yeah. is. You know, I didn't say, look, I want you to hit 20 kilometers an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I didn't want to be too precise that I then created confusion for them just in the case that things go south. Like, the sled just buries or digs in and they're like oh crap i went i haven't got the right strategy now what do i do i need Shane to tell me so so um it depends on the workout so the snatch oh sorry not the snatch work the total the total love those ones because it's like a chess game it's like weightlifting days when we did yeah. that it's like you just feel the crowd you feel the athletes you know their limitations and then you play with those strengths and you just and that's what tia did just played those numbers knew where competitors were just did a couple of pounds here to make sure she won the event and just sealed it up so there's different strategies i will say though the marsh this year were actually great for that yeah. because you could talk to your athlete without the cameras lip reading what you're saying you know like i want you to beat her you know like <laughs> they don't see that they just think oh he's just telling her to do this you know yeah, so yeah. it's when you found out that the games was going ahead that it was going ahead online and then it was going to to the aromas i mean i guess the online aspect just fit like there's a sense of serendipity about that where it just fit perfectly to what you had been doing up until that point of like oh it's matt and tia training on their own in the garage yeah perfect that suits us absolutely fine yeah. we've nailed that for the last like nine months or whatever 
and then when you get to the aromas then and you hear like you mentioned the mass there and it's kind of funny that's one thing that struck me when the last workout was announced uh my wife was like why is nobody reacting and i was like because wearing masks so it just hides it perfectly because yeah. like all you could see was their eyes just like staring deadpan and it's like they could be mouthing like fuck you dave yeah, underneath yeah. like you know but yeah. um when when you discover like say a workout so say we'll ignore the fact that it's five people instead of whatever 30 or 100 and whatever it was last year but they release some of the workouts like say mid early last week or the weekend before and then they kind of drip feed a few workouts like at what point do you start strategizing or at what point do you start like looking and thinking about like god have we done a workout similar to that and what because obviously it's too late to suddenly be like fuck we haven't done like sprinting and sled sprints let's just pack in a load of those this week because that's what we need to do like where do you draw the line between getting prepared and strategizing for stuff and then maybe like diluting the water too much and like confusing things. Yeah. Again, great question. Um, over years, you start developing like a process or a plan on how you want to do a lot of testing phase so that you can have a lot of carryover. So we like to, man, this is why I do podcasts. I share too much. I feel um, we do a lot of, a lot of testing and then using that data to, to carry over another event. So for instance, like, um, when we're leading into the stage one, the front squat wasn't announced, but prior to that, we did a back squat, like one RM, oh no, three RM. So with that data, we can we can guesstimate within 10, 10 to 15 pounds either way of our limitations for a front squat, just using some formal, simple formula and, and working out what that um, estimated total would be. So then we use that data then, okay, look, let's aim to be around there. Or obviously they would know what their one on front squat is, but because we got fresh data on their back, we are on back squat, we could then compare that and see if they're within that realm. So so using that um, to our advantage and doing a lot of testing before before an event just so we can do that carryover. And that that's, I want to say the magic in, in CrossFit or the excitement, I guess it is the adrenaline for me is... Um, that portion of making sure that we've ticked every box like you never know and that that uncertainty does drive concerns from time to time when you you question am i on the right path you know like am i doing the right things are these guys doing enough reps on ghd's total bar are they doing enough handstand push-ups or whatever um so you are you are in a spiral questioning what you're doing but that questioning also allows you to think more into it allows me to think deeper into, okay, like we need to start formulating a plan of, okay, let's, when we're two, three weeks out, let's do, start doing more obscure testing of things just so that they have some form of carryover for the strength portions. And let's also do some longer modality, like single modality training to have some form of carryover as well. Like, you know, your 5K run and 10K run. And so we know the pacings and efforts need to be applied there. Um, but you're right. Like, I don't think I've nailed it yet. Like I, I've never, I've never in training smack bang picked a workout and it's shown up at the game. Um, so again, I don't have the right answer for that, but I also believe that, um, as long as the goal is to find the fittest on earth, we are 
striving and training every day to be that version, to be yeah. the best and fittest on earth. So as long as that goal is there, we're going to be training towards that. But as soon as it starts turning out to be more of a publicity stunt or they start going a different route, I'm not saying they will, but, you know, then maybe our goals will shift, you know, like yeah. maybe our training model will change. But Yeah, but I think, like, if anything, it's shown, like, with all the changes over the last two years, if anything, it's shown that no matter what the test is, that they're deeming yeah. to find the fittest on earth, they're finding the same two people. Mm-hmm like every time so it can't be a coincidence like um speaking of you get like i suppose full circle yesterday where matt and t across the line holding hands at the end like how uh, did they kind of just happen to gravitate towards each other like were they kind of both standing on top of the podium one year just nodded at each other and that was it they just decided to start training together or like was there conversations had or how did that come about yeah, so that came about organically. Matt Matt lived in Cookville prior to us moving there. Mm. Um, so when we moved there, we we knew he's, he lived there for part of the year because he lived in Vermont where he actually grew up. Yeah. And then the summer, oh no, sorry, half the year he'd spend in Cookville, half the year he'd spend in Vermont. And then the period we were moving into Cookville, he was still in Vermont at the time. And then he randomly just called here up and said, hey, are you moving in the area? Uh, when I moved back there, you want to just train? And then Tia gets off the phone. Matt Fraser called me and wants to train. And I said, what now? With us? And they were like, oh, damn, this is going to be a pretty intense off-season. And then anyway, Matt's phenomenal. Matt's a professional in every aspect. So when he came down, we were like just shooting, talking, and just talking about like, obviously, goals and how we structure our programming and how we train. And then he goes, great. Look, I'm not here to compete. I'm just here to train. I just want to have someone keep me accountable, vice versa. And I just want to, I just want to, yeah, dominate is in his terms. And um, it's like, great. They line up with our values. We yeah. like to dominate as well. Let's let's rock and roll. Anyway, it organically evolved where he, he did some of his training and then jump in one or two pieces. And as the weeks went on, he started jumping in more of our pieces and then leading into Dubai two years ago, whenever he went to Dubai, it was maybe the month before that, he was just doing completely our training and just following our structure. So Tia and Matt, in a percentage, would probably train 85, 90% of the time together. The other 10% would be like when they're doing monostructural rowing intervals at home in his garage and we're just doing it at our place. More than likely in the afternoon, we would meet up and um, just train together as well. So, so that's, yeah, Matt. That's fantastic, obviously. His accolades speak and that speak for himself. But what, what you don't see on the camera is his aggression, purpose, and drive is way more intense or powerful than than I imagined. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's crazy to see him. And that's again elevated my game as a coach to make sure that like crap, if he's bringing that intensity. And he's bringing that drive to the group. I need to help or I need to match or help help him elevate in some form or some way. Yeah. yeah. Are, like, are you his coach then? Would you, if someone asked, would you be like, oh, I coach him? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So that is like when, when he starts then say pre, prior to Dubai, when he says like, oh, I'm going to just start just f- fully going with you guys now. Is there a moment there where like that, uh, 
vulnerability that you had in the early days raised this head where you're like, oh, fuck, like, uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, when he when he lost points on that sandbag event at the CrossFit Games last year, I was like, shit, I have just... Matt was dominating now. He's finding himself second on the leaderboard. I have done that to him. Like, yeah, yeah. I felt like this guy has worked so hard and then a sandbag fell out of his bag. Now he's sitting second or third in the leader. This is not Matt Fraser. I've done something. And I was like, right, we've got to we've got to reel it back in. And again, coming back to that, coming to back to that, uh, as long as they're trying to find the fittest on earth, that was the reassurance. Was like, as long as they're finding the fittest on earth, you're going to be right where you need to be on Sunday. And I was like, this is it. Just let the game play out. You just keep doing you on every event. Boom. Sure I'd say, enough. I'd say you let out a serious fucking sigh of relief when he did put on the leader t-shirt. <laughs> Oh man, just gives me chills thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know how much he wanted that, and yeah. and I know he would have killed himself if he had to. He would have yeah. ripped his arms off on those on that the stand on that last workout if it if it meant winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was your favorite event for the uh, stage two? I'm going to put one on you for the, just gone. Oh, yeah. I loved the the swim was really really intense. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and I liked uh, I liked the trail run. I think the reason I liked the trail run so much, like I spoke to Justin before on the show and I was genuinely like speechless with his attitude. I just thought he was just so, so humble, but so like, yeah, no, I just I just really want to win. Like he's just like, it was yeah. really uh, jarring his two, the two sides of his personality. Like, and then I thought like when Dave said to turn around, and he literally just was like, okay, and just went. I was yeah. just like, man, I fucking love that guy. And then there's just, I think there was just so many funny moments as well, like as a fan when you're watching, like, you know, especially with the commentators, um, you know, like uh, Samuel turned at one point and you could hear Dave saying to him, have you figured it out yet? And Sam's just like, yeah. And he just kept going, yeah. you know, like moments like that are so cool. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, I like, I think the whole weekend was really good. I think for like, it must be so difficult to program something for five people and for it to be like accessible for the fans, for the fans to be able to, I suppose, do some form of it at home or, you know, like feel some sort of involvement for it to be exciting, exhilarating. And then I suppose he probably knew he was going to have the issue of, well, Matt and Tia, there is still going to be a gap no matter what the test is, there's still going to be a gap. So we still need to make it somehow interesting for everyone watching who's like if 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 the winners are almost a given you still need to have it interesting and i think especially on the men's side i think i saw brian friend put up a stat that none of the other four men were in the same position at the end of any of the days so like they all filled place two place three place four place five so that shows like that the tests were just like i just thought it was really good i think as well just to be able to watch the fucking sport and see it and be like when you have that nostalgia factor as well of all the old crew are back all the old media team are back like you get that sense of like you know that kind of buzz of i don't know just excitement for it like and like hopefulness of like oh maybe there might actually be some fucking competitions next year that we can go to and see yeah it gives gives hope yeah i think I think the response has been fantastic as well. We are speaking to Eric Rosa, the new CEO of CrossFit last night, and they're thrilled with the uh, impact or the, the views watched so far. Yeah. It was televised on CBS on Saturday with the lunch workout, the snatch ladder. Apparently that was crazy reviews as well. So that I think 
honestly, I think CrossFit 2021 is going to be a fantastic season. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled to see see the evolution of the sport and, and that and the programming, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's been fantastic as well, so it's cool. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Um, well, listen, I won't keep you much longer. I'll finish with a, a quick fire. Um, so they're all they're all okay. either or. Um, so ski or row? Wait, is this for me or for Tia? You, you. Oh, Tia, uh, can answer, Tia can answer this when she comes uh, on. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go row. Okay, uh, and I already snack. regret that decision. So this this is already <laughs> pressure. Damn it! This <laughs> okay. is why I don't do right. podcasts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, snatch or clean? Clean. Uh, coach or train? So like train yourself or coach someone else? It's hmm. a good question. Uh, you want firing? Hmm. Uh, train. Hmm. Um, squat or bench? Squat. Uh, flat white or a long black? Long black. <laughs> I, I like I like lattes when I, I like I like. I mean, milk in the coffee is like, ooh, you know, like yeah. a treat sometimes, but was, long black. And I, I haven't heard long black in a while. It's yeah. Americano. I'm yeah. like, oh, long black. What is that again? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I um, was about to say, like, there was a big pause before you answered that question. I was going to say, it's a quick fire. And then you answered, yeah. lo- you said the words long black incredibly slow as well. I was like, is, he, is there something wrong with Zoom? <laughs> yeah, it, it was glitching. Yeah. 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 Uh, sprint or chipper? Sprint. And oh, I regret that. Okay, right, well, keep going. <laughs> um, Oz or Cookville? Oz. Okay, cool. Um, home, home. Well, listen, thanks so much again for doing this. It's a, a, a privilege to chat to you. I really enjoyed it. Um, enjoy what I assume is going to be an incredibly relaxed couple of weeks of uh, off, off season. And then uh, the build for next year. I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do in February and beyond. So best of luck and hopefully talk to you again someday. I appreciate it. And also I want to thank you as well for giving me your time as well. And I think you guys are doing great with uh, the, sharing the content out. I think it's it's great to see positive and great education coming out from your end as well. And you're helping the sports grow as well. So I appreciate what you're doing as well. Thank you for your time. I think you must think you're on a different podcast. There's, there's been some mix up here. <laughs> this is TED Talks, right? <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for your time. I, I appreciate it as well. Cheers, Shane. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, man. Cheers, man. All right. Bye now.